Give yourselves a hand. You got out of bed today. You wanted to stay under them covers this morning, didn't you? I know you wanted to stay under them covers because I wanted to stay under them covers. Look outside. I wanted to stay under them covers as well. We celebrate you getting out of bed today because we believe it's a big deal. Once again, we know that you fought through so much more than just getting out of bed and getting through the slick roads and the cold weather. You fought through so much more uh, to get here than, than just that. So because of that, we're so thankful that you're that you're with us today. And we celebrate you. We celebrate you being here. Um, our kids are on spring break this week. And in Maine, I realize we don't call it spring break. We call it winter break number two. It's like, man, alive. I just, I just, like, as we walked in this morning, I was like, do I need to remind God that April's supposed to be spring and warm? And I don't think I need to remo- remind God of anything, but um, I've, I've w- woken up the last two days. It's like sometimes he gets it right. I think I think it's funny because um, I'm just being real candid right now. Um, I think sometimes we're like, we look at, at the weather almost like we do our own lives. Like Friday, all right, God, you got it right that day. Uh, it was nice. It was warm. <laughs> So oftentimes, we, I think we say that in our own lives, too. Like, and it's like, you're just looking at me and you're shaking his head right now. Adam, Adam, what are you saying? I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, share my heart about the weather and how stupid it is. God is really smart, and he's way smarter than I am. And I thank, I thank him that he knows what he's doing. And the weather is not a reflection of his character. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like, seriously, the weather is not a reflection of his character because so oftentimes we look at the things that surround us and we want to point the blame to God. And the fact of the matter is, is that really we're sinful creatures and it's, it's, it's our fault. So um, just just a point of candidness as we get started this morning. Today we are in week two of a series called The Counselor. And um, the first week, last week, we asked the question, why are you so afraid? And it was one of the over 100 questions that Jesus asked in all of the Gospels. He said, um, in a boat, in the middle of a storm, as he's in the storm with his disciples, the disciples go down to wake him up because Jesus was asleep on the boat, and they wake him up, and they freak out like, Jesus, don't you care about us? And Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Don't you know I, that you're in the boat with the Son of God? And so we looked at how that relates to us in our lives. And so over the next three more weeks, we're, ta- we're looking at a total of four of the questions that Jesus asked while he was on planet Earth. And um, that was the first question that we looked at the next two weeks. And so, so today we're asking the question, do you believe I can do this? Do you really believe I can do this? And today's message is for anyone that's facing that mountain right in front of you, facing that miracle. Jesus asked us, do you believe I can do this? And we're going to get into that in a moment, but the next two weeks. So, um, Next week, we're going to look 
that the question, do you want to get well? For those of you that are facing addiction, for those of you that are facing health concerns, for those of you that, that just face challenges in your own life, the question next week is, do you want to get well? And then the following week, the last week, we're wrapping it up with the question that um, I hope that you invite all of your friends that don't go to church because, once again, I started a church for people that don't go to church. I didn't start a church for people that already belong to it because I believe that it's a rescue mission that God has us rescuing people that, that are far from him. And so that week we're looking at the question, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? So if you have any questions, any, maybe you have questions, maybe you have doubts that you struggle with, and that week is for you as well. But if you have some friends, invite them for, um, for that week, and uh, it's going to be going to be a, a good a good week. So today, today we're asking, do you believe I can do this? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, your word that is true. Lord, it's trustworthy and it's true. Thank you that when we, when we put it up against our lives, that it, it is accurate. Lord, your word is true. And I, I, just, I just pray that, that this morning we would, we would lean in on it. We would trust you. Father, I thank you that we don't have to have it all figured out. Lord, that we can always return home. And if there's anyone here today that is far from home, pray they would come back to you today. It's in Jesus' name. Before I get started, I think, um, and, and I'm going to put our ushers on the, um, on a, surprise them a little bit. Um, we did this last week. If you do not have a Bible, um, we've, we've recently had some Bibles donated to us, and uh, we don't want anyone to ever leave uh, the Refuge Church without Bibles. So, my people are all running around going to get those Bibles right now because um, they're outside. So in just a moment, when they come back in with those Bibles, I'm going to have some visual moments. And uh, they're going to give you a Bible for free that you can take home. There's a wonderful church called Dawson Family of Faith in Birmingham, Alabama. And um, they they believe in the state of Maine. And they, they want to see the state of Maine rescued for Jesus. And so what they've done is they've donated some Bibles to us. And so in order to honor them, uh, the lo- their, their logo is on the outside of the Bible. We just kept it there to, to honor them. But also, um, we just want to pay it forward and just want to give them away. So we're not going to hold on to those Bibles. We're going to give them away. So in just a moment, I'm going to keep my eyes open for, the, for those, those Bibles to, to get in. And when you see me do this, that gives you the permission to raise your hand if you, if you need a Bible. So um, that's kind of a, a, a challenge for you. Um, this is an interactive experience. Like um, I was thinking about it. Um, I was thinking about it. There you go. Oh, yeah. All right. So I was thinking about it uh, this morning. And, and going to church is a lot like. So those that have their hands raised, you guys can give them a Bible. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and, and there's no shame in raising your hand saying I don't have a Bible. That's, that's all it is. And if you got a Bible last week and you forgot to bring it back, put your hand up again. Go home with two. We don't care. We're just going to give them away until, uh, until, we, uh, until we run out. Um, 
So I was thinking about it this morning, and I was thinking, going to church is a lot like going to a movie. Like, I, I hope, I hope that, that you guys, obviously I'm not as good as, like, the Black Panther or, um, or the greatest showman. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not necessarily that entertaining, but, um, like, we want you to interact with us. Like, I want you to interact with me. I want you to laugh. I want you to clap, just like you would at a movie. So, like, you're not going to go to a movie and stand up in the middle of it and going, you suck, Hugh Jackman. You're not going to do that. So, like, I'm not asking you to get up and yell stuff at me, but I'm asking you to interact with me and to laugh and to clap and to just, just have a good time, loosen up. It's okay. And I know that we're in, in New England, and, and that's, that's not necessarily the way that you grew up going to church. But that's okay. We want you to have a good time. So, Matthew chapter 9 is, is where we're at in the Bible today. Um, but before we get there, I want to kind of explain the context of this story. Um, the context is simply, it's, it's like the background of what's going on in the story before, like, like just the surrounding, the, there's a cultural context, meaning like culturally what's going on, there's, a, there's just a setting that's going on, and so... Um, I want to explain that to you. And, and what's happening in, in Matthew chapter 9 is, is Jesus is, um, is at this synagogue and he's teaching. Synagogue was just a, a word for a Jewish church, a temple. And Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching. And while he's there, this, this man by the name of Jairus comes to him and he's the leader in the temple. And Jairus comes to him and he says, my daughter is dead. And Jesus says, well, let's, let's go. And, and I want to, you know, and Jairus is asking him to go and to heal his daughter that's dead. Done. Out. Yeah, like, it's okay to laugh. Like, like because I know what happens in the story. And so she's dead. And Jesus says, well, let's go to your house. And so they leave. And on their way, there's this huge crowd of people that are following Jesus. And one of, one of my other favorite Bible stories other than the prodigal son is this lady that has this issue of blood. She's bleeding. She's been bleeding for 12 years. And she's amidst this crowd. She's amongst this crowd. And they're, they're, the whole crowd is walking and following Jesus. And this lady with 12, with, with the issue of blood for 12 years just reaches out and touches Jesus' robe. And at that moment, Jesus says, who touched me? And his disciples are going, what do you mean who touched you? Look at all these people. And he says, no, I felt the power come out from me. And the lady steps forward and she's like, and he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. And in that moment, just by reaching him and touching him, her faith healed her. And so the story goes on, and Jesus gets to Jairus' house, and he goes in, and he sees Jairus' daughter, and he looks at this little girl, and he says, she's not dead. She's taking a nap. Get up. Wake up. wish it was that easy to wake up my kids in the morning. Wake up. And she gets up, and she's alive. And 
get to verse 27 of Matthew chapter 9. It says, and Jesus went from there, from Jairus' house. Two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Now notice, these two blind men, they call Jesus the son of David. That indicates something to us. What that indicates to us is that these two blind men believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They believe already. They believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he's the son of David, that he is the Messiah, that he is who he says he is. Some of you here today are coming in and you're not really sure if Jesus is the Messiah. You're just kind of looking around. You're just kind of looking to see if, if he is who he says he is. These guys had already had their mind made up. Jesus is the Messiah is what they believed. And now in verse 27, it says that they were calling out, calling out, son of David, have mercy on us. Now that word calling out in the original language is the word kazo. And in the Greek language, it, it means a little bit more than just calling out. In fact, in the Greek language, when you look it up, it actually means a raven's cry. Kaka! Kaka! You know, one of those. Over, that was an awful raven, by the way. But it's one of those over and over and over and over again. Calling out an intense cry. It's one of those cries that just comes from the pits of their stomach. Have mercy on us, son of David. Have you ever had a desire that came from your, from your inner being, from your core? One of those that like makes your stomach just get so rock hard that you're like you could walk up to the bar and squat six hundred pounds right then because your core is just so tight, and you're just you're just ready, like you're just. It's from the core because you just want it so badly. It's a desire. And these men, they had that desire. I can't help but to think that many of you came in this morning with one of those already in your stomach. What is it? Think about it. Don't stop thinking about it today. These blind men are experiencing a desire just like that because they were probably born and they're blind. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say how long they've been blind. We just know that they were blind. Matthew 9, 28 is where we pick up reading and it says, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. And he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and he said, according to their, say it with me, according to their what? According to their what? According to their faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. 
was according to their faith. Notice, it wasn't according to their socioeconomic status. It wasn't according to their income level. It wasn't according to their skin color. It wasn't according to their popularity. It wasn't according to how people viewed them. It was according to their faith that they were made right. It was according to their faith and only their faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I hope today's message will encourage you. Because this message is one that is that is designed to build your faith. It's designed to help you grow in your faith and say, you know what, I can, ta- I can attack the world today. Because my God is able to do infinitely more than I could ever dream of. And because of that, I can go on. But the fact of the matter is, is that we all came in with some sort of pit in our stomach, some sort of desire that we all have that may cause us to doubt God. I think oftentimes in Christian circles, we, when we witness God do a miracle, what happens is God gets the credit so oftentimes, like, because I think in non-Christian circles, when God does a miracle, God does get the credit. But in Christian circles, it happens where when a miracle takes place and someone is healed of, of a disease, we say that God has healed that person. But I think that oftentimes in Christian circles, what the opposite happens, when the opposite happens and we don't see that miracle take place, what, who do we blame? We don't blame God. Well, maybe some Christians do. But oftentimes, what I've seen happen in the past is that we get the blame. Like we didn't pray hard enough. Or our faith wasn't strong enough. And I want you to know that, yeah, like this morning, this morning's message is about about the faith that God is able to accomplish the things that we desire in our lives, just like he did for these two men. And that sometimes it was, it's, it's just God's will for that to happen. And it's our faith that will get us through it, even when it doesn't happen the way that we want it to happen. Stop blaming ourselves for something that that God didn't do when maybe it was just God's desire. Now that that can be difficult when God doesn't want when when what God wants isn't what we want. That's why that's why the book of Psalms says, "Delight yourselves in the ways of the of the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Because when we delight in Him, we desire what He desires. So then he gives us the desire of our heart because of what he wants. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so then 
we come to this question this morning, and the question is, then, then what kind of faith does God respond to? What kind of faith does God honor? Because he evidently has honored, he's obviously honored the faith of these two men in the story of these two blind men. And so we're going to look at this story and we're going to discover three things, three types of faith that God honors. The first one, if you're taking notes, write this down. God honors a faith that believes when it, it does not see. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, one of my favorite Bible verses. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things un- unseen. Other, in other, another translation is, now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Isn't it interesting in Scripture that God, uses, that, that, that Jesus often healed blind people? And yet, the definition of faith is the confidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things unseen. It's funny to me that that Jesus so often healed blind people, but yet our faith requires us to be blind. Matthew chapter 9, verse 28. This is when... He had gone indoors. The blind men came to him and he, he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Long before Jesus responded to them, long before he, he had done what they wanted him to do, long before they had already answered the question, yes, Jesus, you are able They weren't able to see, both literally and physically, because they couldn't see with their eyesight, but they didn't know what Jesus was about to do. Do you believe I can do this? Let me ask you, that thing that you had coming in with you, that that desire in your stomach, the question and apply it to yourself. Do you believe that God can do this? Pastor Adam, like we're in church, dude. Like, of course we believe that we can, that, that he can do this. But here's what happens is our actions oftentimes don't match our words. Here's what I mean. How oftentimes do we find ourselves in that absolute desperate situation? And we come to the, like, like just like absolute desperation, and we end up saying, well, I guess all we can do now is pray. Have you ever, like, don't raise your hand, but anybody ever say that? Like, I guess all we can do now is pray. What do you mean all you can do is pray? Like, that's the first thing that you do. We're like, all right, God, I guess you're my last resort now. What we pray about reflects what we believe about God. 
What we pray about reflects what we believe about God. And I would even say as often as we pray reflects how involved we believe God is in our life. That conversation that you have with him, if it's happening without ceasing the way the Bible says, then you know that he's always there. I try my best to talk to God all the time in my car. It's always fun when someone's not riding with me. we pray often reflects how involved we believe God is in our lives. Or how about this? The size of our request reveals the strength of our faith. Look at that one again. The size of our request reveals the strength of our faith. Do you know how many mindless things I say when I pray? Mindless. gave me the food. of He's already blessed it. Why, why am I asking to bless the food every time I bow my head to pray? Mindless. The other night, actually, this happened two nights ago, and I'm going to go ahead and share it with you just to prove to you that I am a human being. I'm really embarrassed about it. My wife cracking up laughing at him while he talks about stuff. The other night, my kids, we were putting my kids down to bed, and we were in Anna's room praying for the bedtime of the other kids. And I got to you know what, let's hurry up, let's go to bed. Like, I'm tired, I want to go to bed too. So, you know, get them all tucked in. We're like, all right, I'm like, all right, let's pray. Father, bless this food to our bodies. I swear, I did that. As I'm putting the kids in bed. even thinking about what we're saying. I have the I have the routine. Every time I get food in front of my face, I go to sleep. I know it has six thousand calories in it, but please bless it. Don't you need to need to be asking God to bless that food because you should not be eating that. Mindless things. But if I really believe that God is as big as I say he is, God, give us a building that is free for our church. God, heal my friend with her cancer. God, give me abundance. But yet, continuously saying mindless prayers. Do you believe I am able to do this? And so the first thing that God honors in in our faith is a faith that believes when we do not see. The second thing is he he honors a faith that believes even though nothing changes. God honors a faith that believes even though nothing changes. A faith that continues to believe no matter what. 
Think about the guys in our story. The guys in our story are following Jesus and they're screaming, have mercy on me, son of David. And what does Jesus do? He continues walking. I can't help but to think and, and picture Jesus walking inside. So, so the Bible actually says he walks inside and the, the blind men are following him. And I, I actually thought when I, was, when I was studying this, I was like, I wonder what they thought when they saw him go inside. Adam, they're blind. He, they didn't see him go inside. They just continued to follow him. Maybe they had sticks. I don't know what they did back then. But he goes inside and they continuously follow him. And he, they, they get inside because they were persistent. They didn't allow Jesus just going inside to stop their belief. Their belief didn't change when, when nothing, when they didn't get the results they wanted. Their belief never stopped. There's a story in the book of Luke chapter 19 that Jesus tells and the name that he gives her is a persistent widow. And all she wants is justice in her life. Jesus never says what the injustice was that was going on. But she was a widow. So we can, we can imagine. And she's going before this judge. And the, the, the words that Jesus uses to describe the judge is that he, he neither feared God nor cared what people think. So he, like the two greatest commandments, strike one, strike two, this guy's done. Like the two greatest commandments are love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So this guy doesn't care what God thinks or people think. And this lady is just going to him and going to him and going to him and just asking for justice, asking for justice and asking for justice. And finally, finally the, 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 ju- the judge grants her her justice because he says, if I don't, she's going to attack me. She's bothering me so much that if I don't do what she asked me to, she's just going to attack me. Can you imagine if we made God think that we were going to attack the throne? If he didn't do what we asked him to do? Could you imagine if we were persistent like that? guilty of not asking God to give us a building offering. I'm guilty, and I'm the pastor. How can I expect you guys to pray that God gives us a building free because he is able to, not because we're broke? How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to expect you guys to do that if I don't do it? Persistent. These men were persistent. God responds to a faith that does not give up even when things do not change. We could be in here five years from now. And as long as we're persistent and we continue to have faith, then God will eventually do what we ask him to do. So let me ask you, what is it that you've been praying for for a very long time? 
What is it that you've almost quit believing that God is able to accomplish in your life? What is it that maybe you haven't stopped believing that God is able to do? Why haven't you stopped believing that? Let me encourage you this morning to listen to the words of the 90s rock band Journey. Don't stop believing. Right? I'm not going to sing it because that would be awful. Everyone get up and leave. God honors the faith that believes when it does not see. God honors the faith that does not, that believes when things do not change. And finally, number three, God honors the faith that works even when it does not make sense. God honors a faith that works even when it does not make sense. Faith that is moved and marked by action. Faith that is moved and marked by action so much that people start to think that we're a little crazy because we believe so much. There's a difference between hope and faith. I think so oftentimes we kind of put the two together. But there's a difference. And the difference is, is hope is a desire. Hope is a desire that you have. You hope. But faith is a demonstration. Faith is a demonstration that you do believe that God is going to do what he says he does. And because of that, you're going to take action. Faith and action go together. They have to. Hope is an inward desire. However, faith is a demonstration that acts and works and moves. One of my favorite, another favorite Bible story is in Genesis. Um, a man by the name of Abraham, one that we've talked about before. And the reason I love the, the, the story of, of, of Abraham is because his faith required an action that I could never even And if you don't know the story of, of Abraham, God asked Abraham to take his son Isaac, whom he desperately loved. A son that, that years and years and years went by and his wife Sarah was unable to have children. And God asked Abraham to take his miracle baby Isaac that, they had, that, that he and Sarah had just prayed for and prayed for and prayed for. And God asked him to take him to a mountain and to sacrifice his son. Abraham takes Isaac and they get to this mountain and, and Abraham builds this altar and, Abra and Isaac even asks Abraham, God, Dad, where's the ram? Where's the ram that I'm, that, what are you going to kill here? Abraham takes Isaac and he puts him on this altar I can't imagine the terror going through Abraham's eyes and, and, and going through Isaac as Abraham raises his arm with the knife in it to kill his son because God is asking him to. When the angel of the Lord steps in and grabs his arm and Abraham looks up and sees a ram in the brush. 
God asked Abraham to prove his love to God by being willing to lay down the most prized possession that he had. And I thank God that he no longer requires that. I can't imagine facing that. But the reason that Abraham had to do it was to prove his faith. His faith required action that I'm so glad that that my faith is not required. However, my faith requires to meet others, requires me to be other things. Back up my hand. To start a church. That would rescue you. Because God loves you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's through your faith that you were saved. Not by your works. So that no one can boast of it. Because you see, faith is what God responds to. He doesn't respond to your works. Your faith faith and your works go together, but he doesn't respond to your works. He responds to your faith. The simple belief that he is able. Think about the guys in our story. They're both gone. Now, one thing that is missed culturally is that Many people believe that the people that were blind were blind because of something that they had done or something that their parents had done. And so now these guys are carrying not just the fact that they are physically blind, but they're also carrying shame along with them. Shame that everyone else had put on them because it was the result of something that they had done. The courage that they must have had. But their faith and their action is what made them complete. You see, faith plus our action, faith plus our works equals complete in God's eyes. You can't, like, if you believe, you're going to have to show me you believe. Maybe you can't change a diagnosis. But maybe you can believe God for a miracle. And maybe you can change your diet. That's an action. Maybe you can start working out. That's an action. Do your part. You can't change your spouse. But what can you do? You can love them. You can continue to believe that God is going to change them. You can pray for them. And praying for people does not change them. But praying for people always changes us. Our faith and our works go together like peanut butter and jelly. Like Batman and Robin. together, baseball and apple pie, you know, they go together, like, they just, they work, 
here's the game changer. Our faith is not in us. Your faith is not in you. Your faith is not in the works that you do. Your faith is in God who is able. Your faith is in God's faithfulness. Not in you. There are stories, and I, I want to I give you the names of some stories that you. I want you to look up this week and give you a little bit of a homework assignment. Look up the story of Abraham. It's found in the book of Genesis. I think it's 22, 23. Read it. Story of Noah, the guy that built an ark. It was like God asked him to build the ark, but he actually had to do the work of building an ark, doing it when people thought he was crazy. God is going to ask you to do some things when you have faith that people are going to think that you're crazy. Not as crazy as building an ark. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's in Daniel chapter 3. Read that one because it is crazy to think that these men took a stand and God responded to their faith. The entire chapter of Hebrews chapter 11 is is a, a chapter known as the hall of faith. People that are in the Bible because their faith was so strong. It's not known as the hall of works because God doesn't respond to our works. He responds to our faith. So what are you asking God to do today? What is it that you need God to do today? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes as we wrap this up. The lights are dim. So no one is looking around. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our prayer team is coming forward right now. At the at the steps is where they'll be located. The steps of the stairs. Or the steps of the stage here. And I can't help but to think that maybe there are people here that need a miracle. They want to pray for you. They want to pray that God would do what you're asking him to do. That God will respond to you. to be a faith that believes when things don't change. And it has to be a faith that works even when things don't make sense. I know that some of you may be here and things just don't make sense to you. I don't understand why kids get cancer. That doesn't make sense to me. But I know that God is working in you. What is that desire in your stomach this morning?
Maybe some of you just came in. Knowing that you needed something, but not knowing what you needed. If that's you, can I tell you what you needed? You needed faith. That God is able to save you. You know how I know that he is able to save you? Because he was able to save me. By the blood of his son, Jesus. You see that story of Abraham that he asked? He asked Abraham to kill his son Isaac. You see, the story was a picture of what God would do for us. Only when it was God's turn, he didn't stop. He led his son to a cross. And his son, Jesus, his only son, died a brutal death. And three days later, he came back to life. And in the same way that he rose the little girl from the dead, he rose himself from the dead. And he did it so that you can have faith. Faith that now you may have a relationship with the God that created you, because before that, you just need to put your faith in Jesus and ask him to save you. Is there anyone that would acknowledge, raise your hand real quickly. We'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Just raise your hand and say, I need that relationship with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I, I just need to have faith, period. I just need to ask God to save me. In a minute, we're going to say two prayers. If you have your hand raised this morning, if you raise your hand and say, I need that relationship, this first prayer is for you. Repeat after me. Say, God, I know I've done wrong. And because I've done wrong, I need you in my life. So, God, I ask you to save me. I trust you to save me. Come into my life and Help me to live for you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, heads bowed, eyes closed still. We're not done yet. How many of you would raise your hand and say, Adam, I need a miracle? Anybody else? Hands all over the room. Father, your word it tells us that you are able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask ever think 
ever imagine. And because your word tells us, I believe that every single hand that was raised that said that they need a miracle, Lord, I believe that you are able. Father, it's not that they need more faith because you told us that all we need is the faith the size of a mustard seed. It's not very much. So God, I ask that you would please, God, please perform miracles amongst us so that next week when we gather together, we can report of all that you have done. Father, help us to believe. I believe, help my unbelief. So in those moments that we do not believe, in those moments that we do take our eyes off of you, God, I pray that you would remind us that you care and that you are there and that you have never left our side. Thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name.